Happy Father's Day to one and all. I uh, do feel a bit of an obligation to point out that, uh, as with Mother's Day, Father's Day is oftentimes uh, a challenging day for a lot of people. Um, For a lot of us, myself included, our fathers have passed on. Um, For others, uh, the relationship between you or others and your father is often not a good one. In fact, uh, just talking with my students over the years, uh, probably more of my students have strained relationships with their fathers than virtually anyone else in their family. And so uh, some of them, if they were here next to me, would say, Father's Day is great, and I sure do appreciate the gift, but uh, for some of my students, and perhaps for some of you, it's a a difficult day. Just want to recognize that and let you know that uh, whatever happens to be swirling around your mind on this holiday Sunday, it's good to be together. It's good to be here among believers in the Lord. And uh, since you did so well last week with my uh, little game, uh, I have another one for you that's Father's Day appropriate and Father's Day themed. And so let me start with this. Do you know the man pictured on the slide behind me? Anybody? I didn't think so. He was a featherbed salesman, and in fact, a fairly successful featherbed salesman. According to the records we have, his business was a fairly thriving one, but he's probably not known to you for that. In fact, you probably don't know who this is. I'll bet you know his son. Here's a picture of his son. Yeah, yeah. You know that man? Actually, it's not his son. That's the second one. Forgive me. Second man is someone who could not read or write. Someone who was also a businessman, but not a very successful businessman. Interesting. So the first picture you saw, that gentleman, his son's name was Albert Einstein. Heard of him? This guy? This is Thomas Lincoln. Ever heard of his son, Abraham? Probably have. See, it's often the case that we know who the father is not. We don't know the father, but we know the son. Well, one more just to see. Do you know this person? Yeah, I probably don't. Probably never heard of him. We're going to talk about him in a minute, but I'll bet you happen to know his son. Do you know his son on this picture? Tall guy, muscular, long hair, strong man, terrible taste in women. Yeah, that's Samson. (laughs) See, you know the kid, you know Samson, you know Albert Einstein, you know Abraham Lincoln, but you don't know the father. And so since it's Father's Day, it seems appropriate to me to talk about a long-forgotten father. And so if you have a Bible or you have a device with the Bible on it, open up to Judges chapter 13. We're going to talk about Samson's father this morning, someone whom you've probably never, ever, ever heard of. So the backstory to what's going on as Judges chapter 13 opens goes something like this. God's people are living in the promised land. They're making their way. They've been there for several years. But as is often the case, they've gone astray. They've followed after idols and gotten into all sorts of stuff they shouldn't get into, kind of like living in Las Vegas. And so it's not a good time for God's people. And so into the mix, we read this story that takes place in Judges chapter 13. Okay? This woman uh, and her husband are trying to have a family. They're trying to get pregnant, trying to have kids, just doing their thing, living in the promised land. And then in verse 6 of Judges chapter 13, the story really begins. woman comes to her husband and says, A man of God came to me, and he looked like an angel of God. Very awesome. 
Now, I didn't ask him where he came from, and he didn't tell me his name, but he said to me, you will become pregnant and have a son. Now then, drink no wine or fermented drink, and don't eat anything unclean, because the boy will be a Nazarite of God from the womb until the day of his death. So I don't know about you, but if my wife came to me and said all of this to me, I'm not sure how I would react. I'd like to think that I would say, that's great! But I know myself well enough to think that I might not quite react that way. And so, in the next set of verses, we find the reaction of our hero of today's sermon. His name is Manoah. Judges chapter 13, verses 8 and 9. Then Manoah prayed to the Lord, Pardon your servant, Lord. I beg you to let the man of God you sent to us come again to teach us how to bring up the boy who is to be born. It's an interesting prayer. His name is Manoah. He is the father of Samson. He is someone whom you've probably never heard of, or if you've heard of him, you've forgotten about him. And we don't know much about Manoah beyond what happens here in this chapter of Judges and a couple other vague kind of references. But I'm fascinated by this forgotten father, and I think his story resonates with many of us here this morning. Now, notice a couple things about this. First off, Manoah does not question his wife. The first words out of Manoah's mouth are, are you crazy? An angel of God came to you and said, are you, what are you talking about? That's not his reaction. But what fascinates me is what's in these verses. Teach us how to bring up the boy who is born. You see, Manoah prays the prayer of how. Did you catch that? It's what I call the prayer of how. He asks God to teach him how to bring up this child. Now, that is, for most of us, a remarkably different kind of prayer than what we're used to to praying. You know, most of the time, if you think about the way we pray here publicly, or maybe even the way you pray privately, it's not so much a prayer of how, it's much more often a prayer of what. You know, we're asking God to do something. So we open up the bulletin, as we see this morning, a rather long list of people for whom we're asked to pray because they've experienced loss, or they're recovering from surgery, or they're facing surgery. And we often pray to God a lot about what. We say, God, heal these people. We say, God, comfort these people. We pray, Lord, be with these people. Most often, if we're honest with one another, we don't pray the prayer of how. We pray the prayer of what, or the prayer of who. What we want God to do, heal, bless, be with, or the prayer of who. And so we mention Gwen, and we mention Jack, and we mention Jessica, and Bob, and Merle, and so many others that are listed in this bulletin, but not Manoah. No, the hero of our sermon today, this forgotten father, prays the prayer of how. And by the way, before we press on, there's nothing wrong with praying the prayer of what or the prayer of who. In fact, I think it's quite noble to do that because it shows our dependence on God. We need God to move and work in the lives of the people that are listed in this bulletin. As C.S. Lewis said, I pray because I am helpless. And we are helpless. And so the prayer of what? The prayer of who? I'm fine with that. But yet, Manoah shows us another kind of prayer to add to our prayer arsenal. 
he asks God to show him how. And if you think about it, that prayer of how is something all of us need. Because it seems to me that most of us have been around long enough, we know our Bibles well enough, that we know what to pray for. The challenge is knowing how to do it. So let me give you two brief examples of this. Here are two pretty well-known passages that I think can help us understand how the prayer of how can fit into our life. So here's one pretty common passage that many of us know of. It's in the book of Proverbs, chapter 22. And it says, start off children on the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. I mean, I've heard this passage a gazillion times as I grew up in the church. Now, this is a pretty simple idea, right? Start your kids off on the way they go. Hopefully, they'll stay in it. But the prayer of how causes us to realize that how you do this is a different thing than what you should do. So I know what I should do, start my kid off in the way that the child should go. So does that mean that I should, how do I do that? Does that mean I have to homeschool my kids? Does that mean I send them to a private school? Does that mean that we have to have family devotionals every Tuesday evening at seven o'clock? Does that mean that like one family I know, the kids had to say a memory verse before they sat down and had dinner every single night of the week? How do you start off a child in the way that the child should go? And there are lots of different answers to that, but it strikes me that the prayer of how recognizes that although the Bible tells us clearly what we need to do, that's not enough. Manoah is smart enough to realize that he, in his weakness, even though he tries to be the best father he can, he needs God to help show him how. And so if you're a parent and you're trying to raise your kids, or if you're a grandparent and you're trying to help mold and shape your grandchildren, you need the prayer of how. Well, here's a second example, another pretty common one that most of us are familiar with. It's in Mark chapter 1, uh, Mark chapter 11, rather. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them. Forgive them so that your Father in heaven may forgive you of your sins. Well, the what is pretty easy. Forgive people. How do you do that? In fact, earlier I mentioned that many of my students have a strained relationship with their father. And many of them know what they should do. They know that they should forgive their father. So, for example, one of my students, her mom and dad went through a really nasty divorce because her father was unfaithful to her mother. And she had such a hard time with that. Such a hard time with that. And I remember one day she came to my office and we were talking and she said, I, I know I should forgive him. I just don't know how to forgive him. I try, I pray, but I don't know how to do it. And so she and I talked that afternoon about how you do that. It's easy to say, hey, you should forgive. But how you do that, that's another thing entirely. And so I think the prayer of how recognizes our helplessness and recognizes that with God's strength and God's power, we can learn how. The reality, my friends, is this. We don't struggle with the what part. We know we shouldn't gossip. We're just not quite sure how. We know, for example, that we're supposed to pray for our enemies, but we're not quite sure what that looks like in a politically divided climate right now. We know, for example, that we have to help those that are in need, but how do you do that and balance not enabling them 
and leading them into things that might keep them where they are. We need the prayer of how. And in a sense, that makes perfectly good sense. Because if living out the biblical truths of this passage in Mark or the passage in Proverbs were easy, everybody would do it without a problem. It's kind of like in my home, we have this piano. Uh, It was my mom's piano. We've had it for years. I don't play the piano. My wife kind of plays the piano. But every time I walk by that piano, I think, I can play the piano. How hard can it be? I'll just sit down and play the piano. (laughs) Is it easy to play the piano? (laughs) It's not. It's hard. The fact of the matter is a lot of what we know is easy, but the how you do it is harder. And so of all things I would think that is true of, if it's true of a piano, don't you think it's going to be true of how to forgive someone? And I'm telling you, as I sat across from that student to my office, with tears in her eyes, she wants so desperately to forgive her father, but she doesn't know how. In fact, that conversation shortly thereafter is when I first stumbled onto this passage in Judges chapter 13 about the prayer of how. And so I'm wondering this question this morning about my life and about your life. Here it is. What in your life do you need to pray to God about for him to teach you how to do? This morning, do you need God to teach you how to be patient with that person who's annoying? Do you need to pray to God to help you know how to be less judgmental? of people around you? Do you need to pray to God to help you know how to nudge your loved ones back to church but not push them so hard you push them away? Do you need to pray to God to know how it is to become fully invested in this church family? What is it in your life that you need to pray to God about to know how to do? Because I think we've got the what down cold. It's the how that's the challenge. And by the way, I'm bothered by one more thing about this whole passage in Judges 13 regarding Manoah. You ever thought about this question? Why is Manoah even mentioned? (laughs) I mean, can we be honest with each other? You don't need the story about Manoah to tell the story of Samson. You could cut out the entire part about Manoah saying, "Uh, pardon me, Lord, Uh, would you listen to me for a moment? Could you teach me how to... We don't need that part of the story. We can keep the part about, you know, the appearance of the angel to, to Samson's mom. We can keep that and cut out the Manoah part. In fact, honestly, we wouldn't even need the whole Samson's mom part if we got right down to it. But yet I believe that what's in the Bible is in the Bible for a reason. And it occurs to me as I think about why Manoah's story is even in the Bible that this just might be the reason. You see, Manoah says the prayer of how as he's about to embark on something new. And so I think perhaps the prayer of how is particularly essential when you start something new. Some of you have just recently come back to worship in person with the church family here at Oakcrest. That's new. Perhaps you need the prayer of how to have God help you understand how to kind of get back in the flow of this church family. Others of you, like the 12 we saw a month ago, have just finished high school and are starting a new endeavor, whether it be work or college or the military or the mission field or whatever. You need to pray the prayer of how. You see, Manoah, he stands at the edge of something very new in his life. 
And the very first thing he does is he says, Lord, teach me how. How to be a grandparent. How to be a newly married person. How to fill in the blank. We have many in this congregation who have recently experienced loss. How do you live after your spouse has passed away? How do you continue on after your kids have moved away? How do you, you can fill in the blank better than I can. You see, one of the things about toddlers that annoys me is that toddler attitude that says, I can do it on my own. Remember when the kids got to that age where you tried to help them and they said, no, I'll do it on my own. You want to try and help them tie their shoe? No, I'll do it on my own. You know, you're trying to help them kind of get the food on the plate? No, I can do it on my own. It's very similar to college freshmen, by the way, I'll just say. (laughs) But the fact of the matter is that there's this attitude we have that says, I I can figure out how to be a grandparent on my own. I mean, I just officiated a wedding a couple weeks ago for two of my students. And boy, as I was doing the premarital counseling for them, they had a very slight little tinge of an attitude like, well, how hard can it be to be married? We love each other. We're godly people. We both come from good families. It's going to be fine. (laughs) All the married people are laughing right now. You see, when you start something new, that of all times is when you need the prayer of how. Some of you might be familiar with an author named Philip Yancey. He wrote a book called Prayer. Does it make any difference? Which is a great title for a book. And here's a line from that book. He said, it's easier to pray in the middle of things, but probably more helpful to pray before the start of things. I think there's wisdom there. Oftentimes we find ourselves in the middle of something. That's when we pray. When the marriage isn't going great, well, time to pray. Or when your kids are giving you grief, well, time to pray. Or when, fill in the blank, time to pray. But maybe before all of that starts, the first thing you should do is follow Manoah's lead and pray the prayer of how. And by the way, the irony is not lost on me that on Father's Day we're talking about praying the prayer of how. Because all too often guys like me don't think we need to be told how. As, for example, when I was putting together a barbecue grill that I got for Father's Day just earlier this week, and I said to myself, instructions... How hard can it be? It was about an hour and a half longer than it had to be. (laughs) So that irony is not lost on me. But this morning, if you have checked out and are now just checking back in, here's what I want you to ask. What are you beginning now that requires God to help you by having you pray the prayer of how? Because I don't know your life. I don't know all of your stories. I don't know what it is that swirls about your life. But just reading what's in this bulletin, just having gotten to know several of you, and just knowing about people, there have got to be some of us this morning that need God to help us. And maybe one way we can have that happen is by praying the prayer of how. And so in a moment, Kyle is going to stand and he's going to lead us in a song where we sing about God's love. We're all going to unite and sing about God's love. But before we do that, I want to have us pray together a prayer of how. And so if you'd be so kind as to let me pray on our behalf, we'll pray together 
and in Chiabolidus. Lord, we come before you on what this country has called Father's Day, and we offer up to you, Lord, in the example of Manoah, a petition of how. Lord, teach us how to love one another, teach us how to respect one another, teach us how to forgive one another, teach all of the grandparents how to be good, influential grandparents. Lord, teach the parents in this room today how to be good parents, encouraging but also challenging parents. Lord, teach the shepherds of this congregation how to lead this church family in the way you would have them be led. Lord, teach me how to preach your word in an encouraging, positive, but also challenging and sometimes, sometimes very blunt manner. Lord, teach us how to love those that are hard to love. Lord, teach us how to be patient. Teach us how to have self-control. Teach us, Lord, whatever it is we need to be taught how to do. And Lord, thank you for Manoah and his brief prayer buried in the Old Testament and how it can animate our lives. We pray these things, Lord, with the expectation of what you will do through the power of your spirit and the love of Jesus Christ. And it is in his name that we pray. Amen. So here is how you can follow the call of the gospel. It is to be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins. Here's how this church family can be a blessing to your life by having the shepherds pray over your life about whatever it is you would like us to pray for. Whatever it is this morning that we can do to be a blessing, we would like to do that. And so in a few moments as we sing together, a couple of shepherds will be here in the front, one or two will be in the back if that's more comfortable for you in the foyer. If you'd like to come and have your life prayed over, if you'd like to be baptized, if we can bless you in any way, come, let us unite and sing about God's love as we stand together now.